Hi, I'm Kim Rickards, professional superglue and co-creator of Manifest. Manifest is a global platform with a vision to empower professionals of color to make connections and build intentional community to manifest careers, dreams, and goals. In this podcast, we will nurture, inspire, connect, and elevate our listeners through relevant stories and conversations. Now, let's Manifest. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Manifest. So today is a first for me, and I'm happy to experience this first with all of you. It's the first time I'm joined by two men. Usually I record with a lot of women, but I wanted to change that up a bit. So I decided to cast my net as wide as I could, and my net actually came back pretty full. So I'm excited to record today with two guys who actually have a lot in common with me, two things being their investment in people and building meaningful relationships, and also their investment in just good content. So one of the things that I truly love about these guys is that they have taken their love of these things that I just said and created Chocolate Chip Media, which produces engaging content to amplify the voices of underrepresented groups. You all may know Chocolate Chip Media as the producer of Black Butterflies. You may know them as the producers of the podcast Don't Get Fired. You may also know them most notably for Bit, a scripted comedy series exploring the underbelly of Silicon Valley through the lens of people of color. Gene Finley and Morgan Matthews, Chocolate Chip Media founders, are here with me today to chop it up and share a few gems with all of you. So Gene and Morgan, welcome. It's cracking, Kim. Yeah, thank you all for being here with me. Like I said, it's a first for me. So I'm like, let's do this and let's make sure that we do it big, right? Because do it big. Do it. <laughs> that's the only way to do it right. But before we get started officially, I do want to remind listeners to leave their five-star reviews and to let me know what you think about the podcast and today's conversation. I'm sure that all of you know by now, I believe all of my dope, my guests are dope, but I want to see other people co-sign, right? So fellas, let's get into the official part of this conversation with a game of this or that. Have you all played before? I, uh, I think I have, but it's probably been a long time. So let's let's, let's do it. <laughs> you think you have, and then Gene is like, I have. Okay. But yeah. I'm going to remind you, Morgan, because you think you have. So the, the whole purpose of this or that is to really just break the ice so that the listeners and myself, we can learn some fun things about the both of you. And you just have to say whatever comes to mind. You don't want to think about this. So this is going to be the easiest thing you do for the rest of the day. So you're just not going to think. You're going to say whatever comes to mind. Got that? All right. All right. So the first one, tacos or wings? Wings. Wings. Yeezys or Jordans? Jays. Jordans. <laughs> fishing or hunting? Hunting. I'm going to say fishing. Mm, jeans or sweatpants? Sweats. Ooh, jeans. Jeans? All right. Socks or barefoot? Socks. <laughs> A barefoot. You gotta be. You know, I'm not gonna be grounded. Um, what about snowball fight or water balloon fight? Water balloons on deck. Yeah, water balloon. All right, paper or plastic? Paper. Yeah, definitely paper. Definitely, we want to be environmentally friendly. And the last one: television series or movie? Arg. Both. <laughs> I say, I say, movie. Movie, really? Yeah. All right. 
Well, all right. So now that we start to see a little bit about what the both of you like, I want to know a little bit more because I'm greedy. So my next question is, what are three things people may not know about each of you? So how do we want to do this? Are we going like back and forth or just? Uh, Morgan, you go. I was going to say, Morgan, you done started it. So go ahead. (laughs) I was the first one to speak. Okay, let's see. Fun facts or just facts people wouldn't know about me. Um, I used to be a cycling, indoor cycling instructor. Um, was it at a gym? Yes, it was at a gym. It was oh. at a gym. I'm like, okay. I'm like, what I'm, I'm, just a oh. I'm like, I'm just, I'm like, paint the picture. What kind of music was being played? Like, oh yeah, I had an uh, indoor cycling class. I taught at the YMCA in Atlanta, as well as like this, um, this hip hop class that I taught. So. Uh, yeah, it, it was it was pretty live on on uh, Saturday mornings at like eight and Wednesday mornings at like six o'clock. Wow. Um, another fun fact. Um, let's see. What's another fun fact? Um, I switched my major like three times in college. I don't know if that's fun or that's just like I didn't know what I was doing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then or normal. I think it could be normal because, yeah, that might be normal. Yeah, that might yeah. be normal. Um, and then let's see. Other than me not being that fun um uh, one more fun fact one more fun fact uh i'm a big fan of uh raisinets that's my favorite candy there we go (laughs) 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 clearly i didn't think through this question but yes those are my not so fun facts all right well what about you gene you over here laughing um uh okay when most folks were taking spanish i was taking japanese in high school Wow. Okay, um, international. I uh, I taught and taught and danced tap for sixteen years, um, right. and let me see. I like sitting in the dark. Interesting. Has this always been something that you were into doing? <laughs> uh, I think so. I don't. Okay. I don't. I don't like light. So. Um, I know it's important, but I actually legitimately enjoy being left alone sitting in the dark. (laughs) I was like, as a creative, I almost feel like that's probably not going to be something that people think is so weird because they're like, maybe that's how he creates. Maybe that's how he finds his his um, creative juice or how he gets going. But for you, you're like, this has just always been me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's definitely part of it. a lot of thinking happens. But uh, mm-hmm. it's a piece Wait, let me let me ask: Do you do anything while you're sitting in the dark? A lot of times, man, I'm just sitting, or I'm thinking, or I'm just sitting, cool. um, yeah. quiet, or I'm breathing. That's what's up. Hey, breathing is important because yeah. A lot of people don't realize the importance of breath, so I appreciate that you do that when when it's dark. And as we start to learn even more about the both of you, I want to take y'all back to a time where it was like you're trying to figure it out, right? So as you think about your teenage selves, what would some of your advice be now to your 16-year-old self? And I'm going to let Jean start with this one. Mm, uh That's a good question. I think advice to my 16-year-old self would be to invest earlier in your personal wellness and get more comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Um, well, you don't know how you're going to follow up with that one, but... I know, so profound. Just drop the <laughs> mic. Um, let's see. Advice to my 16-year-old self. Um, I think uh, maybe a two-part. It would be one, like, um, kind of learn how to be gentle with your, with yourself uh, mm-hmm. in regards to, like, you know, expectations and pressure um, and, you know, uh, just kind of yeah, I would say yeah, expectations and pressure. You know, learn how to be gentle to yourself. Um, and then two, like, you know, just remain humble and uh, be uh, like a confident student in all things. Um, so, like, you know, a, I think a piece of that is like balancing humility with like confidence and, you know, going into spaces knowing that you don't know that much, but also being aware that like, you know, you can take care of whatever you have to take care of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. which is important I think that balances a lot of the things that we need to do better mm-hmm. well yeah I would say I need to do better or be better at balancing oftentimes it's just kind of like everything comes at once and I'm just mm-hmm. trying to you know but balance is key and being kind to ourselves I like that because when you are goal oriented I think a lot of times you can be tough on yourself and and not allow yourself to be that person where you're flexible or fluid or really being able to to really see that everything doesn't have to be done by a certain time that it's okay if it doesn't get done by that time because it will get done eventually but that that grace that kindness man sometimes we're hard on ourselves i know i am i'll be like you didn't get this done what's going on girl you need to Mm -hmm. get it together right and then it ultimately gets done but i do feel bad if i don't get something done when i said i was going to get it done and no one else is thinking that you know, something's wrong or no one else is mad at the fact that it didn't get done, but I'm hard on myself. So, mm. yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think we've all been there for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And one of the things that, you know, you just touched on too, talking around expectations, right? Like, so Black History Month, so many different people focus on all the cool things that have been done in the past, the dope ancestors that have paved the way for us. And a lot of expectation sometimes comes out of those 28 days, right? So what I want to ask you guys is what does Black excellence mean to you? And the second part to that question is how do you kind of level set on expectations of self and of others or from others? Mm. Come on, Gene. I know you got it in you. Yeah, I'm trying to <laughs> wrap my words together. Uh, well, I think the, the easier question, I didn't think about that last one because um, I, I also struggle with expectations. But uh, the the Black Excellence piece for me, is, I think it's probably evolved over time. Um, now it's, uh, it's definitely understanding that... Uh, you know, we we we're out here. I think a lot of times we 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 aren't seen. Um, we've got we've had a black president. We have a, a black vice president. Um, and generally, if it's not associated with athletics um, or like entertainment, like it's difficult to find us. But we're out here. Um, mm-hmm. I think, at least for me, my perspective has shifted to like we are everywhere. Black. Right. Ex- everywhere it, it does exist um in many cases like this it merely being there in and of itself is black excellence 
is the first piece. Like the fact that we are in the rooms. I think the other piece is just to, I think the part that has changed is like not going from being in the rooms to being able to like move the room. Mm-hmm. Um, having the, have, making so that black excellence isn't a word, but it's got some impact. Right. Now starting to shift how we think about solving problems, which I think in many cases um, can get lost because it, uh, it's, it's easy to get tunnel vision when you just focus on yourself. And generally in order to move the needle, you need to or rally a, a, a large group of people, whether they look like you or they don't. So um, I think my definition of black excellence is now gone from just like us being there to like black excellence of the folks that have figured out the way to move everyone, to move the room um, that goes beyond like social media, but like actual real movement. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like that. And what would you say, Morgan? Yeah, um, I, I might have a, a slightly different take. I think I'm still in my own kind of journey, um, you know, figuring out ways to articulate how I process certain things. And so um, I think the term black excellence, like I, I definitely get it. Um, but I also feel at times like the, the term kind of lives in a, in a vacuum in the context of like, you know, it doesn't consider um, maybe what what is taken for, you know, black people no matter what spaces that they occupy to get where they're at. All right. And it's, it's, it's like um, how to come to terms with, you know, celebrating and creating moments of joy when there's, you know, all these other things on the opposite side of that, that, you know, still are hindering, still are violent, still uh, kind of promote anti-blackness, uh, you know, to an extent. Um, so I think I'm, 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 I'm happy when I when I see, you know, through social media and, and other, um, you know, kind of outlets that like, you know, black people are making achievements, you know, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But it's also like at the at the expense of what at, at whose expense of, of what is, you know, taken to get there, you know, almost like uh, I, I think getting in the room and, you know, moving things in a room. I think it's, it's I think it's interesting to process. And I think I'm just, you know, for myself, just being more critical of like what that actually means you know at the core um and like you know somebody if you were to put somebody out in the desert you know for like five days without any water and you know they survive like is that excellent is that admirable <laughs> or is it like dang they, that's just what they had to do to survive mm-hmm. uh, and so uh, yeah i think it's um i think it's a layered um term that's kind of been uh, obviously codified for, I think, you know, social media to an extent, as well as just like uh, understanding um, for people to like use kind of casually. Um, but I also think it's worth, you know, its own kind of uh, analysis of like, you know, what is what is black, what what is black excellence in, in the terms of like the spaces that we actually occupy uh, and how, how it kind of came to be. I know that was a long way to answer, but that's just kind of my raw thoughts. No, I, and I appreciate that. And I think that you actually nicely segued into what I was going to ask you both to do was take us through the journey of Chocolate Chip Media, how it started and how it's going. So, you know, Jean talked about moving the room and you're talking about really creating the space. So I personally believe that that's what you're doing through your work, but I want you all to be able to tell listeners what that journey has been like and why you started it in the first place and how you continue to do that for others. 
Yeah, actually, Morgan, it might make more sense if you start here, bro. Um, I know it might sound weird, but I think where you was going, I'll, I'll just piggyback off of what you said. Yeah, so, I mean, the inception of chocolate chip media, if if that's the journey we want to kind of, you know, start with, um, mm-hmm. is, you know, it, it, came from, it came from Gene, right? So, like, we met working in... Um, out here in, in Silicon Valley, so we're based in the, in the Bay Area. Um, we met each other at a, at a tech company, and like most corporations, specifically most like tech jobs out here, um, it's very few black people um, in offices. And so when you meet other black people, it's like mm-hmm. very much a, a natural thing to to want to uh, start a relationship. And so Gene and I met. Um, we realized we had a lot of overlapping interests regarding like you know uh uh family stuff life stuff work stuff um but also that you know we were both like artists at the core um gene has a a musical background um apparently he used to tap dance for 16 years too Um, yeah Mm -hmm. yeah, and um i i have uh prior to moving out here um i had some experience in, in in film so anyway um that like just natural kind of bond was the like seed that was planted for us to create our first project, uh, which is bit. Um, and then that in itself kind of blossomed into like this vision of wanting to tell more stories um, and not necessarily relying on um, others to validate uh, and approve us telling stories, but, you know, us just going out uh, and, and doing it um, and, you know, hopefully unearthing, what it means to uh you know tell a story from a a black perspective that you know can be nuanced and has layers to it um but also uh, engages people in a certain way but uh yeah that's that's kind of how i've kind of seen the the, at least the beginning phases of the journey um but i'll let gene yeah and i I think where we are now is i mean it's it's a weird space moving between the two worlds that we've been in kim like Morgan and I are absolutely creators at our heart. Um, and we just happen to be working in this tech world, which is, is, is got a lot of interesting um, experiences to, to provide stories. So uh, for us trying to create things that could be remembered or referenced as we create more stories um, is part of the reason why I think Morgan is saying, Hey, like not, not necessarily looking for permission. When we when we shot Bit, we didn't look for permission. We just went and did it. And I think what we've been able to leverage from our kind of experience in the tech space that we leaned on to build Chocolate Chip Media to where it is um, and take advantage of like, to take advantage of those skills has actually helped us. So in many cases, most folks in the traditional entertainment space or film do things one way. I mean, you know, we're, we're learning from those experts um and take pride in that to the so that we can be really great at it but we also feel like we uniquely have a different perspective and a unique point of view and a mm-hmm. unique set of skills that gives us the ability to create really really high quality stories experiences for folks um that like i said can go back to they can get get remembered without permission um and you know i think the, the last three years in building bed and chocolate chip media there's a number of stories that now now kind of like loaded 
up, ready to go, to ready to be told that all in different phases. So really excited to enter 2021 to, to get some more work done. I actually want you both to talk a little bit more about Black Butterflies, because I glossed over that in the beginning for a reason. But I know that it was inspired by photographer Adrian Walker's We Matter series. But I want you all to talk about why you thought that that was particularly content that should have been out there. Yeah, um, like you said, uh, a friend of ours, Adrian Octavius Walker, uh, did this uh beautiful uh, portrait photo series a couple of years ago. And when I saw it, um, I, you know, I chatted with Adrian and basically just had a, a, a conversation around the fact that, you know, how he captured these portraits of um, black men in these, these do-rags, it, it had like a softness, uh, like a tenderness to it that um, a lot of times isn't associated with, um, you know, the black male body um, in, in terms of, you know, uh, almost having to uh, like, you know, dismantle what are our, uh, our, how we portray ourselves or how mm-hmm. we're portrayed, I should say. Um, and so from there, I, I, I basically talked to Adrian and Jean. I was like, hey, I think there's a bigger story here around this literally piece of cloth that, you know, so many black people and black families uh, across the world used to protect their hair. Um, and obviously the do-rag isn't just used for the protection of hair. It's evolved into a fashion statement. Um, mm-hmm. And there's this kind of underlying, I think, thread of you know self-care and a beauty tradition that um, is also uh, symbolized from you know wearing something like that. And I think, yeah, we just saw the line and it made sense. And it's a, a story that, um, you know, can, uh, you know, be engaged with on multiple levels. Uh, I think just for people to, you know, see a part of their lifestyle um, on a screen uh, and that's given, you know, the detail uh, that is, that's, that, that's required or something like that. So that was kind of the, the inspiration behind it. Mm-hmm. And I think it also shows those that are not familiar with do-rags, right? Those that are um, kind of outside looking into the culture gives them a bird's eye view, if you will, to see a little bit more about why the do-rag has now become a fashion statement and and what it means to truly like protect your crown, right? So mm-hmm. I think that that is important that you, you took what someone else is doing, but you went to amplify their voice and then you gave this project even more space so that others can consume it and learn more about it as well, which is dope. One of the things that you did also touch on when you said, uh, well, actually, Jean said it around bit and said that, you know, you guys just did it. But what does the process of just doing it look like? Because for those that are listening, like these guys sound like they're doing amazing shit. How do I just do it? What does that look like? Yeah, that that's a that's a hard question. I, I'll try to keep it simple, too. Um, and then- no, don't simplify it. I would say one of the things that I personally struggle with um, with my fellow creatives is sometimes we keep things so close to our chest and just are not willing to move. Um, sometimes it's not always sometimes like we're comfortable with that because those stories, those narratives, those experiences aren't ready to be shared yet. Um, and so I felt like bit gave us bits concept came from 
really experiences that I had as a child watching the Cosby show, to be honest with you. And yeah. it was a reflection of watching like my younger nephew going and starting to work at a big tech company, looking at like how I had personally moved along my, my career and recognizing that like how the, why the hell don't I actually see how the sausage of like these companies get made through the eyes of people that look like me. Like why is it always, um, you know, someone that doesn't look like me telling me about a, telling me about something that they really care about um, or sharing some experiences that candidly I'm generally on the other side of and on the receiving end of. So, I mean, getting comfortable conceptually with like the, the narrative and the, the why was, was important. And once I believed that it was, it was pretty easy to see to the end. Um, so I, I say this to Morgan already all, all the time. I already know what it looks like when it's shot. I already know that we'll be walking across the stage. I already know I see it completed. And as long as I could see it completed, it was, I had the confidence to move forward. So that was the first thing is like, at least for me personally, and I do mean personally, cause not everybody thinks that way is that to me, it was already done once I had thought about it. Um, and then like just tactically, um, you know, meeting Morgan was, was a key. I mean, I, I, tried to explore how to get this story told. And I realized that the best thing I could do was lean in on being super scrappy and finding other like-minded individuals to bring into the, to the process. Um, I met Mr. Morgan Matthews. Uh, it's been my homeboy ever since we're friends. Um, and to be honest with you, I think that's really important because like we're able to have some, I think some very challenging conversations um, and just go back and forth. But like we started there and we started working on this story and realized we had all these commonalities. So building a team was really important and finding like-minded individuals. And then I think the last piece for me at least was to kind of lead and be comfortable leading. Mm -hmm. um, and like what that looked like for me at the time was trying to figure out a way to rally a, a group of people that weren't being paid for anything to get started. And I think a lot of times, um, I think that like that can be challenging for people given their circumstances. And luckily I was able to, to develop and pull, pull together a team where people believed in me, believed in the mission, believed in the story, believed that they could contribute something, was willing to put the hours in. I mean, Morgan spent hours, I'm talking like hours, weeks, days writing wow. uh, with, with, with Nelson. Like he didn't do it alone. It's like Nelson, your, your homeboy was a part of that process. Shout out uh, to Nelson. Yeah. Shout out to the homie. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, shout out to Nelson. Uh, <laughs> And so I think that was the, the, the second piece, building a team, trying to figure out how to lead. And then the last piece was just trying to figure out a way to get it paid for. Um, and mm -hmm. I think a lot of times um, the way I think about it now is, is that like what keeps our ideas from necessarily seeing a lot of day is action. And then the things that you do when you are acting, which is, you know, generally spend money uh, and execute. Mm -hmm. um, like Morgan is a master executor. Um, when he's get when he gets locked in, he's locked in. When the rest of the team is locked in, we're locked in. Um, and so, like again, that goes back to building the team. That goes back to believing that we can, like believing and seeing it completed. That goes back to like um, believing in myself as a leader. It goes back to like understanding people's roles and uh, their specialties, whether it's Morgan writing or directing, or Xavier doing uh, costume design, or a homeboy Troy doing go to market, or Osgood doing ops, like. 
everybody had a role. Um, our production partners, just trying to get creative, remain scrappy, remain true to who we were, and then, you know, not second guess uh, and just move. Yeah. And everything that you've outlined just reiterates that it's truly a group effort, that it's it's not just one person doing everything, but this is really a group effort of people that, one, want to be there, two, people that see the vision, believe in the vision, and three, people are committed to seeing the project through. So you guys were blessed with having all of that and having a great team and being able to deliver an amazing product, which is awesome, right? But I'm sure, again, which is why it's helpful to share these things so that people that are listening are like, oh, okay, I didn't even think of that because I was trying to do it with my boy or my girl, you know what I'm saying? And then they start to do these things and they're like, these are not the people I should be working with because maybe that synergy was never there. Maybe that person is not like Morgan and has a sense of focus to the execution. Like maybe that's not it, but it really is going to take a group effort in order to bring something as powerful as you guys have been putting forth together is what I'm getting. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I think the, I think the only thing I'll add to the, like to the execution piece, I think, um, uh, what I'll say is I feel like, especially like in our generation, like you, you know, it's, it's, you see it everywhere, like, you know, hustle, 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 hustle. Um, and I definitely get that. I think I associate my execution when it comes to like filmmaking with like being obsessed with the story mm-hmm. um, and not necessarily just this, like this work monger who doesn't sleep and doesn't rest and like right, you know, right. run to the ground. I think, for me, it's more about really caring about the story, really uh, acknowledging that, like, okay, this medium of storytelling is, like, the way for me to best articulate my point of view. And, like, if there's no other way for me to articulate my point of view and, like, filmmaking is that thing, then, like, that has to be the thing. And mm-hmm. so that's where kind of the level of, I guess, energy put towards it kind of comes from. Gene, mm-hmm. so. were you going to add any other, anything else to that? No, I think Morgan just articulated something that I, I didn't, I, I might just simply say, I dreamt about the same story that we told over and over again. Like there wow. was a true commitment to the story. There was a really true commitment. You know, it's funny, um, Morgan, uh, <laughs> this is a, it's a tangential related story, but, uh, and I, I don't think that this is coincidence by the way. So <laughs> I had developed all these characters now, Morgan, you might remember this story. I developed all these characters. I'm getting people in a room. Some folks think I'm crazy. Uh, I might have been like 10 or 15 characters. At this point, Morgan is engaged. And Morgan's like, yo, all them characters, son, like, it's not happening. <laughs> uh, we, we, we finished the product. And this is definitely after we had started the road show. Um, and Morgan's like, you know, looking back on it, yeah, we had exactly that number of characters. Um, and granted, the, the, some of the characters changed around and stuff like that. But like, that's my example of being obsessed with the story. All these things have been done. I've seen it. Morgan created it, he wrote about it. He designed them. Um, he stayed true to the story. So that commitment, that hustle that he's talking about, that I matter, like that came from like dreams and conversations and like long nights of reiterating and talking about the same story points and him sitting in the room, all that was related to his obsession. So credit to him and Nelson. 
Wow. Yeah, we, we definitely with, with Nelson. I mean, that was like we. Yeah, I mean, just for our, that to be our first project, you know, we collaborated on together, and um, yeah, I mean, both of us we were getting off work and <laughs> writing, spend our weekends writing, and that's what writers do. So I don't think we're like, uh, uh, I wouldn't say like we're huge outliers, but it definitely took a level of like sacrifice that isn't you know normal. I would say. Hmm. Well, outside of sacrifice, I would say, what are some other lessons that you both have learned to appreciate that you didn't necessarily realize was important until you were fully engrossed in the project? Gene, <laughs> hmm. you laughing. I'm like, I, I mean, it's a lot. There's a story, there's a story coming. I'm going to let Morgan get started, but like, <laughs> if you don't get started, then I'll, I'll just start. Yeah, right. Go ahead, man. You, you sound like you got some stuff on your mind. Um, <laughs> You know, um, communication. Mm. Like I would say that coming from the space that we came from, even if it's like intended to deliver or do the same things, just the style of communication is different. The the, the speed at which we move is different. Definitely learnings. Um, but I'll just go back to everything comes back to amazing communication and um yeah, I, I would say most of my learnings have come from communication on the production side. I say on the business side a ton, but I'll save some of that and let Morgan go next. Yeah, I mean, on the creative side, like, I mean, the, the simplest thing I can think of is the fact that, you know, the scale at which we, um, the scale of that project, meaning like how many people were involved, how many days of shooting was involved, um, how many people that I think already had 10 plus more years of experience in this space than, than we did. I think just the, the purity of like learning the craft was like a big part of it. Um, like immersing yourself in an, in an arena where you haven't had that much experience before, mm-hmm. uh, but walking into it, like as prepared as you can be um, and still being open to like learning on the fly and messing up on the fly but hopefully not messing up too much because like every second on a film set is like a dollar being spent. So yeah. I, think, <laughs> I think Jesus, that, uh, flashbacks <laughs> yeah. So I think for me, that was just like the lesson, the lesson learned of um, just being fully immersed in it and realizing that like anything could happen, but that's like a part of like the, that's a part of the craft. And so, um, I think going into the next projects, it gives you uh, a little bit of, you know, comfort in knowing that like things are bound to happen. So you just got to kind of roll with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say um, this is kind of business, but business slash creative. Uh, I would say one of the biggest learnings in general for 2020 in 2020 for me around this space is just like the, the, the different types of roles that exist in the space as compared to like what we're used to. So like if I just use a product manager or a finance manager or um, a VP at a bank, a bank teller, like in, in, in film, like all those, all those roles are going to produce something. Right. And in in the entertainment world, um, you know, it's story, 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 story. And it occurred to me, really that like a lot of the roles outside of like executors on set, like the experts, like your lighting experts, your, your DP, 
a lot of that pre-work that would make sure that you prepare to execute on set, which I think we did really well the first time, came from over-investing. And so like thinking through how someone and acknowledging the fact that like, yeah, that's an idea, right? Um, thank you for your input and just understanding that like, just because it's an idea or you might've contributed something doesn't mean that you're the creator. doesn't mean that you're the writer. Um, and like respecting those spaces and the boundaries, um, I think is another key learning. And I, I candidly think that's probably one of the toughest areas I think for people to learn, because at least for me, from a business perspective, what I'm learning about that is that like those titles and roles exist for a reason. And mm-hmm. that, like understanding where you're going to play and where you're not going to play uh, was important. And I think that that's what made what we did so special because like handing the keys over to Morgan and it's Morgan set, like you have to accept that. Like when we was on set, it was Morgan set. He was a director. So like, um, and, and some folks, well, I have an idea. It's like, it doesn't matter. Like, like more, did you give Morgan an input before or from a story perspective, we're writing. It's like, well, did my idea make it in? Can I get a, a something, something credit? It's like, yeah, that was an idea, man. Whether we use it or not, it's an idea. Like if the writers use it, great, but you're not a creator. Like that's, that's not what it is. So like, I would say that that's another learning and it, it sounds pretty harsh, but I think clarity around your role and your input is really important in this space because most creators only have their IP and hold on to it and you need to determine how you want to be engaged with. I mean, I had to be comfortable with sharing ideas. Morgan had to be comfortable stepping into a writer. It's, it's difficult at times to, to divorce yourself from an idea. Um, so that's the other big piece. Yeah. And I think everything that you're saying is absolutely important because you need to know what you're getting into and you need to also know your role. As they would say, stay in your lane. And it's said for a reason, not because you can't get outside the lane, you can't grow, but for everything, there is a reason for the for why things operate the way they do. And order is a huge part of it, right? So I heard you. I'm like, I, I heard you. I felt when you were going with that. And it didn't sound harsh. It sounded real. And I think sometimes that's how we need to hear it. You know, we need to hear that someone is telling us something for our own good as opposed to us walking into a situation unprepared. That's the worst thing to do. So I appreciate you for sharing that. But, um, you know, as we start to wrap our time together, I wanted to ask you guys, what is some helpful advice that you would give to listeners considering starting their own project? I know for myself, I've heard a few things. I heard, you know, get clear, so some clarity, have some boundaries. You know, you touched a little bit on funding and, you know, how every dollar, every minute is a dollar, right? So what's some other advice that you would give to those that are like, I'm ready to start. I've been writing, I've been in the room, you know, I'm obsessed with this. I'm ready to go. Um, let's see. I, I think one, one of the first things that comes to mind is knowing how to identify your collaborators. Um, I think that's like crucial uh, when it comes to storytelling because um, for the medium of film, like it takes, it takes a big team. Um, that doesn't mean like a hundred people all the time, but it takes, it takes other people to get involved. And I think the process, the process uh, by which you identify those people you're going to collaborate with is important. So like what qualities are you going to be you know, looking for in other people to 
you know, pour into your project, to your to your vision, to, to your idea. Um, like, so I think that that's like one thing that comes top of mind because I think for the projects that I'm involved in now, like you know, when I look around at the people who are touching the project, like I feel good about it. Um, and I would, I would raise it to people who I trust if I don't feel good about it. Like, man, I kind of se- I'm kind of second guessing this, this choice. Um, help me think through like, um, uh, X, Y, or Z person who I'm thinking about, you know, bringing on to the project because, um, a lot of times in indie film, you know, people aren't necessarily getting paid up front. You might not even get paid on the back end. You know, it's, it, I think for indie, indie film compared to like the studio system or, you know, bigger institutional kind of projects, like you're really doing it for the story and, you know, hoping that something comes out of it. But 90% of it is the people that you're working with are going to, you know, want to see it through. Uh, So you just want to make sure you have the right people around you. Um, I think the other thing is just the integrity around like, you know, the craft. Um, I, I think that, and everybody's, everybody's different, but, you know, my perspective is like, whatever better means for you, it's like you want to be getting better um, at, you know, this thing you've committed to um, kind of wholeheartedly. And so whether that's reading more books, taking online classes, shadowing people, finding ways to, you know, get mentorship, networking, whatever the case may be. Um, and it sounds pretty basic, but I think there is, it's so invaluable to like, just kind of pour into like knowing this this craft and, and how you want to uniquely you know share your perspective on on creating so mm-hmm. um those are two dope ones morgan i would yeah. um so go back to one of the questions you asked the first one is just do it um it sounds super simple but like yeah you just gotta go i've just met so many creators so many that are like yo so how did y'all do that i'm like we just decided to do it um <laughs> And like that isn't to say that like it's easy. It's just to say that whether you call it luck or strategy, and I think it's a little bit of both. The idea was that it was going to happen, and whatever needed to be done needed to be done. And so Morgan calls it like the integrity of the craft. But like everybody on this team is constantly trying to learn and get better, um, and accepting like your role and try to go do it really well and, and learn. Uh, so that's a one piece. And I would say a second piece of advice. Um, yeah, I mean, the second piece of advice is just like, write down your idea. Like actually write it down. Like I spent so much time with bit before I shared it with people. Um, and that wasn't the case like on purpose. That was just to get my thoughts down. Like Morgan tell you, I had character cards with pictures of people and like descriptions and like, they didn't all need to hold. They just needed to hold long enough to get people rallied around it. So just write it down and start working on creating the story. Just start there. Mm-hmm. Well, you just, again, you, you just setting this up for me. This, <laughs> this is actually the last question. And the last question is around writing down your ideas. And the question really is, what are you manifesting? Hmm. I'm like, we got to know, we got to know so that we can actually, as a group effort, support these manifestations. We're going to be here to see them happen. So, um, My vision for Chocolate Chip is to, you know, when folks think through Disney, they look at Chocolate Chip in the exact same way. I'm manifesting something that I've not seen 
and at a scale that I think hopefully my one-year-old son will say, oh, daddy made that with Uncle Morgan like 15 years ago and can go back and enjoy it. Like my passion is telling stories. My desire is to spend all my energy on creating space for other people that look like me to do it. And I want to do it with the people that I think are the best at it. Um, and Morgan wouldn't say this about himself, but I think he's a hell of a director and a writer already. And so I'm manifesting and trying to create the space for us to focus on this with all of our energy, all of our time, and just continue to grow and get better. I like it. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have the, the big audacious vision like that, but I think right now um, I'm, I'm manifesting um, just like, you know, a few intimate stories that uh, I plan on directing in the next, call it year to one to two years that uh, I care a lot about. And so I'm just, you know, taking the time on a daily basis to, uh, you know, give the necessary inputs and, and care that these, these projects, you know, require. And so, um, you know, and hopefully y'all are, y'all are seeing them, seeing them soon. Love it. I love it. Well, thank you both for taking the time out to not create, but to record with me and to share with others. I really appreciate you for doing that. And I really hope you've enjoyed our conversation. Yeah, definitely not. Thank you for what you're doing. Yeah. Um, Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. And listeners, this is for you. This is not the last time or should not be the last time that you hear from Morgan or Jean. Definitely be sure to follow their journey on social media, definitely pay attention to all the advice that they have given. Stay tuned to the journey of their manifestations because I believe that this is going to happen and we will be all a part of it when it does, you know, pop bottles when it does happen. And I just wanted to, again, thank you all for listening. And if you have any questions, if you want to send these guys a quick note of thanks or just a word of praise or encouragement, I'm sure they would welcome it. So until next time, let's manifest. Morgan and Jean, thank you again. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Manifest podcast. Before you go, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Share this with your family, share this with your friends, share this with your colleagues, just share this with your entire community. And until next time, let's manifest.